Hello, Hero Circle podcast family. We so appreciate you being here. We're so excited to continue to build this, this audio library of content to help inspire you. Breath breaks, body scans, opportunities for you to get to know our martial artists, our kids, other parents out there sharing stories. But today we have our global medical director, Dr. Martin Bluth, and his daughter who share such an incredible insight and real actionable tools about how to breathe effectively. Enjoy this, and as always, power, peace, purpose. Okay, welcome everybody to the Heroes Circle Kids Kicking Cancer podcast. We are so, so grateful that you are here. I am a huge fan of both of these people, and I think that you're going to be excited to hear from them. We have Dr. Bluth, and we have his daughter, Amanda. Um, Dr. Bluth, let's actually start with you. Will you give the intro so I can do it justice? Um, but will you talk about um, a bit about your background and your role with Kids Kicking Cancer before we get into what we're going to talk to today about, which is the importance of breath? Sure, sure. Thank you, Ned. Um, I think I'd like to do it in a position that is more congenial, more open as opposed to formal, uh, because Kiss Kicking Cancer is a very unique opportunity in the world. And it drew me over in a way that is unparalleled to any many other things I've done in my life. So I have an MD, I have a PhD, my PhD is in immunology, uh, and I've done a lot of different, you know, hospital and healthcare and uh, uh, community-oriented service work in the world of healthcare. Uh, Kids Kicking Cancer, I was approached by the uh, founder, uh, Rabbi G, to uh, assess and potentially come on board. And the thing that, that drew me is it's just the remarkable context. And I'll just throw in, I happen to serve the organization as global medical director for all of the countries that Kids Kicking Cancer has touch point in. And from the martial arts based meditative intervention that, of course, is the staple of kids kicking cancer. I happen to be a martial artist, a Tai Chiist, uh, and I do uh, Tai Chi and Qigong every day to just clear my head. But the thing about kids kicking cancer is looking at these kids that are involved in the program and how this truly improves and helps them. And I was awestruck when I, when I sat in one, one of the classes and saw that ethereal otherworldly connectivity between the martial arts therapist and the child. And it's just, this is different. This is different than anything I've done. So um, just in terms of that connectivity, that light, that energy that the program has fostered in children suffering from dis-ease, it, 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 was, it was striking. And I've, or since this is about five, six years ago, um, since then incorporated a lot of these principles. Uh, again, I've been doing Tai Chi for a very long time, but certain subtle aspects into my own life so that, you know, the hospital can be a very busy place. I serve as chief of transfusion medicine at Maimonides Medical Center. Uh, I'm professor of pathology at Wayne State University School of Medicine. It's a busy life, as many people have. So I could use uh, both the ingrained and innate martial arts-based uh, um, toolkit that I've cultivated over the last 20 years of practice. But in addition, the kids at Kids Kicking Cancer give another layer, like almost like a, a, a step above of support and energy and, and purpose 
that I also internalize into my daily life. So, you know, in a nutshell, I'm a physician scientist who uh, interacts in a number of different fronts for healthcare. But for this purpose, you know, serving as global medical director for Kids Kicking Cancer is an honor and a privilege. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Amanda, will you tell a little bit about yourself, your intro and how you got to this point today? Oh, wait, I can't, can't hear you. There you go. I think you're off of mute now. Try now. Oh, no, I think it might be a, here, try talking real quick. It might be a, a, a microphone setting um, in your, if you go to microphone settings, just, um, you may have to sign out and sign back in to test your microphone. Do you want to try that? Try that and then you'll come back in and then you'll do your intro. Um, so Dr. Booth, um, while she does that, um, you wrote a beautiful article about breathing effectively. And, and that so struck me, like those two words together, like breathing effectively. Because as you and I talked a couple of days ago, we're not really taught how to breathe. And we really take for granted this unbelievable gift of a beating heart and this whole circulatory system that actually just works so beautifully. But will you talk about the breath and how we can breathe effectively and how that relates to stress? Because again, the community who are listening to this, um, and really, by the way, the world, um, we're all under stress. How can that help you know, in terms of our stress, really in understanding how to breathe effectively. <clears throat> okay, so uh, again, not speaking necessarily as a healthcare professional with all the, you know, bells and whistles I recounted in my upbringing and my stations, but also as a human being, as a professional, as a parent, uh, as a busy individual. Uh, so, you know, insert your profession here. It doesn't matter whether I'm a physician or I am an auto mechanic, it's life is stressful. And I think the way to think about it is when you step back and you think about how you breathe, you never really think about how you breathe. You're just breathing. Whether you're going to the movies, you're sitting in your car, you're starting it up, you're going through a drive-through and you're ordering things. It's sort of not the conscious component of your existence. You're thinking about turning the key in the ignition. You're thinking about ordering that whatever it is from the fast food or from Starbucks. Um, you're not thinking about breathing. However, the breath, which I'll just go through a couple of different uh, points of the breakdown of this ex experience that we do and don't even really consider is so critical, number one, because everything is contingent on the breath. We need oxygen. Oxygen is delivered to our body through breathing. There's no other way. We're not a fish where we can kind of use our gills to extract oxygen or an amphibian that kind of can do both. We must breathe in order to extract oxygen. Oxygen is the energy stimulator, I should say, a facilitator of all activity that we do. Whether you're a guitarist, uh, I just picked that because I do that as a hobby, or you're a painter, you need to breathe. So by taking a moment and realizing that without breathing effectively, are you shortchanging yourself of the oxygenation that your lungs vitally need and your body absorbs and utilizes versus you know doing it more effectively you know uh, so to speak and 
And I think that that to, to, to think about it, the breath, you're breathing in is, you know, you don't see it, you don't touch it, you don't feel it. And within it, there's about 21% oxygen, which is enough to nourish our bodies and lungs. You've just expanded your, you've just expanded your lungs. In your lungs, that intake that you just did is now exchanging with the lung tissue and it's the oxygen is going into your body through all of the vasculature. And at the same time, the carbon dioxide, which is part of the um, end product of any activity is going into the lungs also and is expelled by doing this. So that whole moment just had an entire world of activity in your body. When you're stressed, you wind up because of all the neural signals and hormones and things of that nature going on in, in, in your mind and in your body and that whole dynamic, you might find yourself shortchanging your breath because you're panting, you're anxious, you're shallow breathing. So when you're thinking about a full breath, and let's just envision a container where and a shallow breath, and that container being completely filled will benefit you. If you shortchange yourself, you're shortchanging that ability to fully intake that remarkable life's energy. So when we're stressed, when there's something on our minds, um, and even when not, because as I mentioned, and as you aptly you know, uh, stated in the article, uh, we don't even think about our breathing when we're at rest. If you're sitting um, on the train and just waiting to get to your stop, when you're uh, taking a walk, uh, through the park, if you have that, you know, uh, ability to do so when you, when you're getting ready for bed, uh, you don't think about the breathing, but even in a non-stressed situation, you can maximize your breath by just taking a moment, taking a moment and realizing, recognizing that experience of taking in that gas, that life's energy, that, that intake and, in a moment of stress, even more so, you have to actively stop that stress by taking just a second. And that includes, you know, any hospital situation. And as, as I've had the privilege of meeting various parents of kids getting cancer, when their children are going through a procedure or they just got diagnosed, which is, which is a, it's, it's a, it's a earth shattering moment, or how is that now going to change that experiential from the child of otherwise a normal habitual experience that is so common in our social context to now doctor visits and medications and ports and MRIs. And how does that work? That could be deafening. And, and we've all had some iteration of that in certain cases in our own life. So in that moment, you have to break that cycle of, 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 of anxiety and stop and focus on the breath. And I'm kind of walking through, I know it's a podcast that might have visual, but there's also a lot of auditory, so I'll walk you through it with my voice by breathing in. And there are many ways to breathe in, in through the nose, so this way you get that cool sensation of the air coming through your nasal passages, almost like tickling your brain. And you have to stop if you think and focus on your breath. You cannot think about all of the tension and stressors that are existing at the moment. You must stop if you're going to do the activity of breathing in through the nose, which of course would be like this. And then you have that 
experience really of all of a sudden all of that tension kind of for a moment just stops and it's almost like walking into a warm pool you allow all of that craziness to just dissipate around you on that in-breath and if you do it slowly you can actively again capture your own control and bring in that moment of peace that moment of life that moment of energy that moment of sanity if you do it slowly even more so than if you're doing it you know just a little bit harried but whatever it is you bring it in hold it for like three seconds so breathe in for three to five seconds keep in mind of that wonderful cool air going through your nasal passages, going into your throat, going into your lungs, feeling your chest expand, feeling your ribs expand, feeling that, that sensation of fullness. Hold it for three to five seconds just to relish it, to savor it, and to allow that calm and that uh, uh, relaxation to pervade your moment in time. And then slowly breathe out. That same experience, slowly breathe out. So, and that would be. And what you get with that out breath, often through the mouth, and the reason we say in through the nose and out through the mouth, because again, you're consciously enacting a cycle as opposed to in through the nose, out through the nose, in through the mouth, out through the mouth. You could do anything, just do it. I don't care what you do, just do breathing. But ideally, in through the nose, out through the mouth, you create a cycle that you can now consciously tap into as you're doing it. And on the out breath, think about everything dripping into the ground through your feet. Think about as if you're shedding or sloughing off that, that, that asphyxiating, that choking feeling, that uh, the, world's, the, the world is closing in on you feeling. You have that ability for that moment because your perception is your reality. If you feel good, you're more likely to be good. If you feel bad, you're more likely to exhibit bad tension, stress, and pay it forward if you're in a work environment, if you're at home, if you're stressed and you're you know, uptight and something happens, you'll scream at your coworkers, you'll be irritable to your neighbors, you'll you know, have a discord with your children or with your spouse. It's hard. So your choice, in a sense, is to take that moment and change your reality by changing your perception, breathing in to consciously, actively capture that experiential of, of you are in your psyche right now. Nothing else is in your psyche at the moment. You're just breathing in. Nothing exists right now except that in-breath, that life's energy, that nurturing, that power, that love that whatever you want to put in as a positive attribute on that in-breath, breathing in the light as, as many in Kids Kicking Cancer uh, do. Meditating, ruminating, staying in that moment, holding it, holding it, letting it seep into your bones of that goodness, because that is your reality right now. Whatever was before is irrelevant. Whatever's going to happen later is irrelevant. You're living right now in the moment. Hold it, and then on the out breath, you're expelling the bad. You're kind of actively, consciously painting the picture of yourself projecting that all of that, whatever, negativity, difficulty at work, 
something went wrong, the appointment wasn't kept, the car broke down, there was a bad news of health, whatever it is, out, out. You're in your safe space. As I've heard you, Ned, say at the time or here again, you're in that safe space. You're just in your moment that is untouchable, unflappable. And with that, you've not only physiologically improved yourself by taking a deep breath, grabbing more oxygen, again, from that pictorial of a larger bubble of now nurturing energy, life's energy that is neutral. The breath you would take in is not good and it's not bad. It's not laden with, you know, uh, you know, divorce proceedings or flat tires. It's, it's a breath. You need it. You must have it to live. But you've now imbued it with another otherworldly touch point of good that you see in your own mind that you strive for that you've now internalized and washed yourself with and basked in for a second. And then on that out breath, getting rid of those tethers of negativity of that, all that, that baggage, just for the moment, you have now transformed yourself from where you were in that moment of angst to where you are now in that moment of, I'll just put down more peace. I'm not going to say absolute peace because I'm a realist too. It takes, it's like, like you also mentioned, some muscle. You have to actively engage in it. I've been doing it for 20 years and I fall short often because life is complicated, but then I will actively, you know, make it my business to even double up and do more, more deep breaths, more moments, because you have to offset the craziness with the beauty, with the good, with the, with the love, with the absolute, um, you know, for those who are religious, with the divine, with whatever you define as good. Going further, um, as was stated in the article, on that out-breath, when you do this, when you actively capture that moment, you're actually changing your physiology. This isn't just like, oh, you know, touchy-feely, um, I, I think I'm okay, and I therefore I am okay. I think I'm okay, and objectively, I am okay. Because on that out-breath, it stimulates the vagus nerve, which is often called like the master switch and is responsible for so many physiological or body experiences. Um, it actually does change the way your stress hormones relate in your blood. If, if you were to take your blood testing before and you have cortisol and you have you know different kind of inflammatory mediators and then you breathe, you'll find that they go down and certain studies have shown that. Uh, some of the stuff we've done has shown that on the breath, it actually changes your neural chemistry. It changes how your brain and the messages that it relays in that sort of football in your skull uh, to different parts of each other change on that breath for better. So it's not just where I'm talking it into myself and I'm delusional that the breath has a physiologic function. It's actual. It's objectively uh, um, reported in many cases that it has a beneficial effect. Can I kind of piggyback off of what you're saying? Go ahead. Okay. Um, so, and another way to look at it is kind of your brain and your body are connected to each other. And most of the time when we think of that connection, we think of your brain is controlling your body, but that connection goes two ways. And one thing that's really cool about breathing is it's a time where your body can actually recalibrate your brain or help your your brain get back in control where it needs to be and kind of what dr bluth was saying before when you're stressed out you know you feel your whole body tensing up but one thing that you can do to stop 
your brain from sending those stress signals to the rest of the body is taking time to just take some deep breaths. And what you're doing is now you're having your body take control over your brain and sending different messages back up to the brain of, okay, this is not an immediate threat. We can relax a little bit. It's so beautifully said. I, first of all, and, and Amanda, I know um, you just came right in with that and that's so phenomenal. I do want to provide context because I do want you to intro yourself, but just to like capture this moment, I literally have chills. Both of you genuinely so beautifully said, we, the world needs this. Kids kicking cancer needs this. The world needs this. Parents listening need this. Um, genuinely, thank you for sharing that because you you so beautifully broke down exactly what a breath break is and what these kids who are so brave behind me in this picture, that's what they are doing and that's what they are teaching the world. You know, and the rabbi always says is he was like, that's the whole essence of all of this is that when the kids know that you're learning from them how to breathe in the light and blow out the darkness and feel that relaxation, that gives them purpose. That gives them the bravery, the, 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 the purpose that they need to conquer. And so all of this is just, there's so many benefits. Not only will you feel better when you breathe effectively, but now you're giving purpose to all of these kids who are going through treatments that they're like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm six years old and I'm teaching a 54 year old. That's pretty cool. I feel, I feel pretty rad. I'm going to go conquer this treatment. The whole thing is beautiful. And I mean, and Dr. Bluth and both of you, that that's pretty much the best that I've ever heard. I mean, genuinely, and I'm not just saying this because the camera and the microphones are on. It's pretty much the best description not only from a scientific or medical standpoint, but just from a, a parent hearing it standpoint, that these are things that are very real. When you feel the stress coming on, you literally now are empowered to take a moment, take a breath break and breathe in that light, all the things good and blow out that darkness so you're in control. And one of the things for me, and I used to struggle big time with anxiety years ago, and meditation was huge because it, it teaches you, and, and I would love both of you, your thoughts on this from a scientific standpoint and a medical standpoint, that as I understand it from meditation, we can't control the thoughts or the emotions that come into our mind, but we can control what we choose to engage with. And when we realize that we are we are lost in thought or we are deeply anxious, that muscle of meditation of like, oh, okay, I know what this is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step back. I am gonna breathe in the light. And that 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 action of taking it back to your breath, and as Amanda, you said, that sends the signals like we're okay. It changes your physiology and it just it's like a reset moment. You know? I heard, I heard an interesting uh sort of statement from I think it was, yeah, Rabbi Jonathan Rietti a long time ago. And he said, you are where your mind is. You are where your mind is. And it was a very uh, poignant statement. But so in a sense, great. How do you control your mind? And that's something that we all really tackle all the time. How do we control our minds? There are people who are remarkable at this and focused and controlled and disciplined. And then there's me which is not so simple. And although I've been practicing for a long time, 
uh, I have not yet mastered to always wake up and have that moment of Zen uh, to be tranquil and to kind of walk with butter, you know, the thoughts of butterflies and blades of grass. I'm just not wired that way. So I think many share this uh, uh, reality check and it doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, that you have to, you, how should I put it? You don't have to be upset that you're not that way because everyone somewhere has their 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 um, anvil to carry. Everyone somewhere, even the ones that are bright-eyed, bushy-tailed in the limelight, in the media, you know, you see all these wonderful talk shows, everyone's all smiles, uh, like uh, Ricardo Montalbaum used to say, smile everyone, it's Fantasy Island on the TV show from way back when. And you are where your mind is, how do you get to put your mind where you want to be. And in that case, the breath can be very helpful because you're bombarded, you're kind of pulled by the train of your mind of that moment. Oh, I have a deadline. Oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? I have to do this trip. I gotta go out of town. Uh, the plane got delayed. Uh, you know, the, there's um, the report and uh, unfortunately with, with our group, uh, the, the, the diagnosis now took a different turn that might not have been that ideal. What now? Oh my God, the world, the sky is falling. And we all have that. And I have that all the time throughout the day. It's not where I all of a sudden step out in the morning and uh, there's kind of this cartoon bird chirping on my shoulder that everything's going to be great. It, it, I don't have it. I wish I did. But when I don't and when I want it, I engage the breath because that is when I am where my mind is. I put my mind in that moment, stop. Everything stops. All I think about is that life's energy, that good, that wonder, that fantastic, that whatever you want to put in, insert your good here, it's coming, it's nourishing me, it's bathing me, it's it's engulfing me, it's enrapturing me. And everything else is at bay at the moment. It's outside the door. Whatever that was a second ago is outside the door. I filled myself with it. I have that life's blood energy enriched with oxygen now, I can take a moment and just stop and try to now capture that good and have my mind in a moment of peace and a moment of benefit. I'm going to go to the concert tonight. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing that family member. Oh, the diagnosis is actually not that bad. Oh, you know, the treatment is actually going to be only three months instead of 18 months. Whatever that is, be realistic. I mean, I, 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 I don't necessarily... Uh, actively engage in the, you know, um, unrealistic where I can, but be realistic and try to naturally try to benchmark that against where you think that negativity is, which is again, very difficult. Okay. You know, there's a leak in the house and now everything is flooded. That's, that's never great, but you know, Oh, does one have insurance? Okay. That, that buffers it for a minute. So as you're breathing in that good, you can temper it with reality that you choose as the definition of your own reality. You might say, oh, you know, whatever it is, uh, the, the, the car was stolen. And as I breathe in, you know, you think that I'm going to Maui on a vacation. It might be hard to do that jump from that tight to that, what's this side, to that um, relaxed. But Take it as you can. There's no right or wrong in this. The only thing you have to do is breathe and then write the story of each in-breath as you want to, to be realistic with yourself, 
to place yourself where your mind is and your mind now you've taken from a moment of angst to a moment of peace and bask in it because that will clear your head. We can't think well when we're anxious. We can't, just like if you don't have sleep, we're, we're not as functionally uh, adept. Uh, we can't think well when we're under duress. So when you've taken that breath, what about the good? Or even just quiet. doesn't even have to be an element of good. Just not the bad. Let it imbue you. Stop. You now feel it. You feel that tingle. You feel that warmth. You feel that flow. You feel that warm pool sensation or whatnot. Stay there. And then on the breath out, let it let it drip. Let it, let it seep. Let it just go right into the ground. And then you've reset yourself in a way to put your mind where you want to be. So that, that, that's how I kind of look at that circle of the breath tapping into, uh, you know, p placing yourself in a new reality for a moment. I would say kind of like um, also an action item that anyone who's listening can do is just kind of maybe for the next day, try and be mindful of how your breath is. Because I know for myself, sometimes when I'm stressed out about something or I hear something that's stressful, I'll actually hold my breath, which is, again, very restrictive and constrictive. And so I think kind of taking a day to try to monitor how you breathe throughout the day and how you how your breathing changes in different situations can also kind of help you if you're trying to reset or even just relax a little bit. It's beautifully said. And I, I so, so appreciate both of you being here. If you're up for it, we must do this again. I, I, <laughs> I love it. I think it's going to really bring a lot of value to a lot of families listening. So thank you so, so, so much. By the way, Amanda, I know this is a little bit unorthodox, but we must get to your introduction. We're going to end with your introduction, but just for everybody, will you introduce yourself officially and talk about your role with Kids Kicking Cancer? Sure. Um, my name is Amanda Bluth. I am Dr. Bluth's daughter. Um, I, I guess educationally, I have a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in science of public health. Um, one of my concentrations is in mental health. And um, I'm the research and grants coordinator for Kids Taking Cancer. So uh, on the research side, because the rest of it's not super relevant to this discussion, I help Dr. Bluth with uh, researching, editing, organizing, and anything else relating to projects and publications that are going on in this wonderful organization. Uh, it's beautiful. And we're gonna, we're, this is gonna be the official the official episode number one of, of a special series within the hero circle, but uh, you know, live with the Bluths is, is going to be very, uh, very impactful. So um, really genuinely thank you both for sharing what you, what you know and your gifts and your light, the world needs it and so much love and genuine appreciation for you guys. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Truly. Our thank pleasure. you for having us guys rock. Thanks so much again. We hope that you enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed connecting with Dr. Bluth and his daughter. Use the breath break. When you feel stress coming on, breathe in that light and blow out the darkness and know that you are in control. Sending you all so much power, peace, and purpose. And stay tuned for more on the Hero Circle Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.